Let's just lift up a shout of praise to God. God, we thank you so much. God, we thank you so much. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Every dream, every disappointment, God. Every hope, every heartbreak, every good thing, every bad thing. We bring it to you today, to the feet of Jesus, God. And we say we need you. Take all of us. God, we believe that this is a house of miracles. We believe that every campus is a house of miracles. We believe that every home, every uh, car that's being watched right now, wherever we're at, we just believe that this can be a house, a place where you move and you move supernaturally. So we invite you to do it, God. We thank you that we're back in the buildings worshiping you, and we just pray that you would move in power. We haven't come today, God, to play church or to just kind of gather again. We've come to meet with the living God. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Give it up one more time. Man, it is so good to be together. So good to be together. And I want to welcome all of you who are joining us at our campuses. We've been worshiping together. Same song list. We've been one church for six months. And so it's just been great to worship with you. We're so glad that you guys are with us as well. And man, if you are online, we know that uh, it's our first weekend back in the building. And you know what? Um, I, I don't know how many people are here today, but the, the word on the street is that they're not going to come back. At least maybe 10, 15, 20%. You guys came back. Come on, you guys are ready to worship, which is awesome. Uh, and we're so, so honored that you are here. But man, if you're not ready to be back in the buildings yet for any reason, just know we continue to, to be a church that gathers in person as well as online. And we are so glad that you guys are with us as well. Uh, we're going to jump into the message here in a minute. Before we do, why don't you uh, turn to your neighbor and through your mask, you know, or unless you know them and, and your family, just, just say welcome home and then you guys can grab a seat. So it is, uh, it's just amazing to be back. I was thinking about this this week. I've been emotional about it all week. Uh, I have been out of church in the last six months, more weekends than I have been out of church cumulatively in my 40 now one years of, of being on this planet Earth. I mean, we, we grew up in the church. Our family did church every single weekend. And so it's just been so difficult. And it's been awesome to see all the stuff that God has done. I mean, we've just seen amazing things and people getting saved. And I've met people even uh, tonight who have connected with the church through online. I also met some people who are brand new for the first time today uh, that just came, uh, had no idea who Seacoast was, Googled it. Man, I'm just glad you're here. If you are new, welcome home to you as well. We believe, will you welcome the new, new people? Just thank you guys so much for being with us. And I think that uh, there's other great things happening, too. It was my birthday yesterday, and man, I got church and Clemson football tonight. I mean, come on. Some of you just clapped for Clemson football accidentally, and you are now angry. It just threw you off. But man, it's, it's a great, great weekend, and we are just, we're honored to be back. And I really do. I expect and anticipate that God is going to do something powerful. He already has in our midst. There's something powerful about gathering together. And, and so I'm just, I'm thankful that you're here. Uh, the, the word that came to mind for me that best describes the last several months would be homesick. Homesick. Do you agree with that? I've just been, I mean, it's been good. There's been good stuff, but I've missed being here. I have felt homesick. And I don't know if you've ever felt homesick. Think back to the last time that you can remember being homesick, not just for church, but for home. Maybe you work for and travel for, for work, and so you've been on long business trips, and man, you've just longed to sleep in your own bed, right? Or to be home with your family, your spouse or your kids or whatever that might look like. 
You know, some of you, it could even be a vacation, a good thing where you go away, but man, you're just like, ah, there's nothing like my own pillow. I'm, I'm homesick. I'm ready for home. I know for me, uh, one of the more significant times I remember feeling homesick is when I, I went away to college and I moved out of my house at 17 years old. I was ready to get out of my home. I mean, I, some of y'all are sick at home. Anybody relate to that with quarantine? Don't raise your hand up. Oh, uh-oh, somebody, no, just, just, no, no, that was rhetorical. Uh, but, but, but I was sick at home, right? I, I, I was tired of the rules. I was tired of the, the lack of freedom, at least what I thought it was a lack of freedom. And I was ready to get out of there. I'll tell you this, it can be hard to grow up as a pastor's kid who is rebelling against his faith when the church is growing. It was the largest and fastest growing church in our town uh, during that season. And it's hard to get away with anything when you're in that. that. I'd go buy stuff I shouldn't buy at Waffle House. And you guys would tell on me. Uh, My my youth pastor showed up to my my prom, uh, my, my prom party, not my prom, but my prom party. It's like, I need to get out of here. And so I moved out of the house at 17 years old, got an apartment with my friends, and I was free. And I'll tell you what, it was about the second time I had to go figure out a laundromat that I was like, I miss home. It wasn't so bad after all. I felt homesick. And maybe you can relate to that, the idea of being homesick. But, but I wonder, and I feel like God wants to speak to those of us who are here today, that maybe for any reason whatsoever, you have felt homesick, not necessarily for your home, but for, for your heavenly father. That you've just, there's some, there's some distance between you and God. And maybe it's just that we've been out of gathering together and not worshiping together and not singing and gathering with your church family. It's just, it's just that you haven't handled it real well. And maybe you've, you've picked up some habits or you've just noticed you've stopped doing some habits and you just feel like God is just distant. And, and there's this longing in your heart to go back to, to this place where you once were. Maybe you've never been there before, but God created you in his own image. And so we were born homesick. We were born with a longing to connect with a God who created us. And we identify with this homesickness in our lives. And if that's you, I believe that God is going to speak a very simple message to you this weekend. And here's what it is. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. And for whatever that means for you, for some of you, that's going to be a significant thing. In fact, uh, you may not know it yet, but some of you are going to get baptized this very weekend. We've been preparing for that. And so just kind of put that in your mind and in your heart. Some of you, God is going to stir and move in your heart and he's going to compel you to, to go and, and give your life to him, but to sim- symbolize that by getting in a baptismal pool at one of your campuses. And I believe God's going to do that among us today. And so as we're coming home to our campuses this weekend, uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a coming home story from the Bible. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 15. If not, we'll have the verses on our, our digital Bible behind me. And so you can follow along there. Maybe you want to open up a Bible app called YouVersion. And we have our notes on that Bible app. You can follow along there as well. But it's an incredible story that Jesus told it that didn't actually happen. It was a story he made up, which makes it even in my mind more powerful because every detail was thought through. Every detail in the story was, was done with great intention. And I believe God's gonna, gonna draw some of us back home. It's a story of the prodigal son. It starts in verse 11, and it says, Jesus continued. By the way, he was talking to a group of people, they, they, sinners and tax collectors. Uh, these are people that most people would say they had no business uh, in the same neighborhood as God, let alone in the same company as Jesus. And so he's talking to these people who know what it feels like 
to be lost, to be in a distant land. There's also a group of religious people in the room, and they, they are people that are even wondering why Jesus is connecting with these tax collectors and sinners. So that's the audience. I think we pretty well cover all of that, right? Some of us feel like, man, we have no business being here, but somehow we found ourselves here. Some of us maybe tend toward being judgmental of other people who you're tired of seeing them get away with stuff. And why would they be? You know, what, so all of us kind of represent the crowd that Jesus was talking to. And here's what he said. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. By the way, that statement, we read that, and, and maybe that sounds a little bold. I promise you, if any of my kids came to me with that statement, it would not go well for them that day. Uh, essentially, what he's saying is, dad, it would be better off for me if you were dead. It would be better off for me if you were gone. Because in order to get the estate, dad has to die. And so he's basically saying, man, I want to move on with my life as if you were no longer in the picture. Give me my estate. And, and the, the father divided his property between them. Right then and there, the religious people in that crowd would be like, why on earth would he do that? What an irrational thing for a father to do, right? I know that's, that's something I would read into that text. But then it says in verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. He was at home, he was tired of being at home, and he ends up in a distant country. I want you to think about that phrase, distant country. Some of us can identify with feeling distant to God even right now. It feels like we're in a, a distant country. You know, at one point we felt at home, but now we're, we're a long way away. How does that happen? How does that distance happen between us and God? I know I've been there. Many of us have been there where we just feel that we're not as close as we used to. And I think we can read into this story of, of some, some different aspects of that. One reason that, that we leave home, that we have distance, is to be free. We just want to be free. We want to get out of there. I wonder if this kid was tired of always living in the shadow of an older brother who always did it right. Does anybody else? I have an older brother. He's a good man, but he always got it right in high school. It's like, man, I got tired of, of being in the shadow of somebody who never did anything wrong. At least that's what it looked like to me. And I think a lot of us can identify with that feeling, whether you're still living at home maybe right now with your parents and you've been dreaming about what it would feel like to not have the restrictions, the curfews, the parental controls, the stuff that your parents have put into place. Maybe you're in a marriage and, and you just kind of feel stuck. And you've wondered, is, is it gonna get any better? You know, when we started this thing, it was just, it felt so free, we were in love, and now it doesn't feel that way at all anymore. It feels like I'm trapped. Maybe for you, you've always been somebody's daughter, then somebody's wife, then somebody's mother. And man, you're just something inside of you just doesn't want those labels. You just wanna do your thing. You wanna live for yourself and not for somebody else. You know, often the things that we search for because we wanna be free end up leaving us more enslaved than ever. We end up in a distant country because we wanted to be free. Sometimes it's just because we wanna cash in now. We wanna cash in now. Have you ever been in a hurry and it seemed like God just wasn't? I know I've been there a lot. 
And that, that's part of what's happening in this story. It's like, man, he knows that one day this land, a portion of this land, it's going to belong to him. He gets a third as a second son. The oldest son gets two thirds. He gets a third of all that his dad owned. And it's like, man, there was a part of him that he had worked. He had been a part of the family. He'd worked on the farm. And it's like, man, I want what's mine and I want it now. I think about the story in Genesis, I think chapter 25, uh, with Jacob and Esau. If you remember that story, Jacob uh, is the younger brother twins, but he's the, the brother that more relates to his mom. And, and, but the oldest one, the one that came out first was Esau. So inherently, he had a, a blessing on his life. He had an inheritance on his life. And the Bible says that one day, because he was hungry, he'd gone out hunting and he, he, he'd worked real hard. He comes back and his appetite is just out of control. And he's like, man, I need some, some food. And he ends up selling his birthright, the blessing because of his birth order. He sells it for a bowl of soup. And some of us, we just, we end up in a distant country because we just want to cash in now. Sometimes it's not that we want to be free. It's not that we want to cash in now. It's that another home looks better than ours. Another home just looks better than ours. We see another marriage, and it's like, man, they look like they're so happy, at least on social media, right? Or another job, or there's just something out there feels like it must be better than what's here. That's one of the dangers of social media is that we compare our everyday lives to everybody else's highlight reel, and we feel like we're, we're lacking, we're missing something. And we just we feel like there's another home that may look better than ours. When the marriage has been stale for years, you know, the idea of a fresh start is pretty intriguing, isn't it? When the controlling parents are finally out of the picture, the idea of the party scene and the party life, it, it's alluring, isn't it? There's something that draws us to it. Maybe your finances have been struggling, especially you throw a pandemic and a financial downturn, and it's like, man, maybe you start padding the expense account a little bit. It's like, I've poured so much into this company. How could this be wrong? How could this end up? hurting me. You know, the problem that the prodigal son figured out is the same problem that most of us have learned the hard way at some point in our lives. And some of us are in the middle of it right now. And it's that sin will always take you further than you thought it would. Sin will always keep you there longer than you thought you would stay. And it always ends up costing you more than you, you wanted to pay. And that's what happens with the prodigal son. He, he starts off on this adventure. He's free. He's going to be able to explore and experience it. And before you know it, he ends up in a distant land and he squanders everything. So, so how do we get back? How do we get back home? That's what I want us to look at together. And here's, here's the reality. In order to get back home, I'm going to give you the answers to all three of them in one sense. We have to have an aha moment. We need to have an aha moment moment. And I think if we look into this story, what we're going to see is that there's, there's an aha moment that happens and it composes of three things in his life. And the same th three things will help us get back home, get back to the father's love. And so let's look at the first one. The A in aha, the first A is an awakening. If we're going to get back home, it's going to start with an awakening. And usually these are not all that much fun. Let's look at how it played out for the prodigal son. It says, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. 
So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He, he goes out on his own, then a famine comes, right? Oh, that's bad news. That, that's gonna cause me to spend through my stuff a little faster than I thought it would. All of the friends who were showing up at the parties are gone. And now all of a sudden, this Jewish boy finds himself not only working with pigs, which immediately make him unclean. The, the people who are listening to Jesus would have had a, a visceral reaction to that part of the story. Are you kidding me? Pigs? He's working with pigs? He's feeding pigs? Not only is he feeding pigs, but he's craving what the pigs are eating. He has hit rock bottom. And often that's what it takes for us to find this awakening. But that's ultimately was the grace of God in his life. Because look what happens in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses. Again, think about that phrase, came to his senses. There's an awakening that happens. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He, he wakes up to this moment where he's like, you know what? Home wasn't as bad as I thought it was now that I find myself here. And he, he comes to his senses. He has an awakening. I was helping my uh, 11-year-old daughter study this week for school. And uh, her homework, she's doing history. And, and we were studying about the great awakening period in our nation. And it was fun for me. You know, it's one of those things you learn about a long time ago. But, but, but studying it, it was like, oh, my goodness, that was an amazing time in our nation. It's this moment where everybody had come over, those that were here had come over from England, they, they had moved into the colonies. It was before we established ourselves as a, a country, and the problem is they were running from a, a pretty jacked up religious system in England. They wanted to get out, they wanted freedom, but they, they didn't actually bring the Spirit of God with them. And as, as, as some people came and they saw, they're like, man, these people talk a game like they, they know God, but there is no sign of his work at all in these Colonies, And so some preachers came along. Jonathan Edwards was one of them, and, and uh, George Whitfield was one of them. They began to preach the gospel, which is what? Simply saying, man, we are sinners. We need to come awaken to this fact that we are sinners. We gotta be honest with ourselves, and we gotta repent and turn to, to Jesus. They preached a simple gospel, and what happened is an awakening became to ha began to happen in the United States before we were actually the United States. And people's hearts began to come back to God. And, and ultimately, that's what turned the, 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 the corner for our nation. If you study history, they would say, man, that was what led our founders to establish the, the Constitution and to, to establish our country, you know, rooted in godly principles and Christian values. And, and so the country began to happen, but it was born out of a great awakening. And I don't know if you've noticed out there <laughs> where we've all been for a while, I think we're in need of another great awakening. Anybody else think we could use a great awakening in our country? Man, Absolutely. We need to stop fighting about things that, that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things, and we need to have an awakening of our hearts, turning back towards God. But you know where that starts? It starts in the church. When the people of God find themselves in a distant country, the nation follows. And what I'm hoping will happen is a great awakening will happen within our church. And, and it sounds great. We're like, yeah, we need it to happen in the church. But if you, if you narrow that down a little bit, more narrow, it needs to happen in my heart and it needs to happen in yours. We need to have a come to our senses 
moment where you go, you know what? I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I never intended to, to find myself here, but, but I'm in a distant country right now and I'm not in a good place. And what, what maybe started as just you know, me wanting a little bit of freedom, I'm finding myself trapped and enslaved to some things. Awakening moments, they happen in a lot of different ways, right? For some of you, it could be a seemingly normal thing. Your, your first child gets their driver's license and you're like, oh my goodness, this is going by real fast. Am I, am I really taking advantage of this? Am I really being intentional as a mom or as a dad? And it, it can be an a, awakening moment for us. For some of us, just being in, in church together can be an awakening moment. If you've been at Seacoast long enough, you know that you have seen fat Josh and you have seen skinny Josh, right? I've had a lot of years uh, where I've kind of wrestled with this battle where I've had awakening moments just with my physical health. And I'll tell you how they happened for me. I brought, I brought a belt. This is actually a real live belt that I own. And I want to show you something about this belt as I open it up. You'll notice if the cameras can get close enough, there's, there's three little grooves that have been worn in here. Uh, this was like 10 years ago, Josh. This was like the third rung, this is when I bought the belt and it was like, okay, I got room to get skinnier. I got room to grow a little bit. It's a safe deal. And I was, I was rocking that one. Then I kind of had an awakening moment when I had to move to this next one. You see that next groove? That was a little chunkier Josh moment. And it was like, ah, that's an awakening moment, but, but I didn't do anything with it. And so then I ended up this summer, I ended up getting here into that last rung. And it was like, dude, brother's gonna have to buy a new belt. Our brother's gonna have to start like digging holes into this, this one, uh, and, and I didn't wanna have to go there. And it was like, you know what? To be transparent, I may have done some things well during this quarantine season, but, but how I ate wasn't the greatest of them. And it was, it was just an awakening moment for me. You, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you've seen a picture of yourself on social media, and you're like, who is that fat? Oh my gosh, that is me. Oh no, you know, I've, I've had that moment happen for me. And so for me, it was like, okay, dude, what are you going to do about it? It's an awakening moment. And so, so I began this program. It's called 75 Hard. Don't do it. It's not any fun. I'm on day 57 right now. But it's, of, yeah, thank you. One person excited for me about that. But it's, it's drinking, drinking a gallon of water every day, working out a couple times a day. I, I've been told all my life 21 days is what it takes to build a new habit. It's not true. I've done a lot of things for 21 days, and it didn't. I think that the number is actually closer to about 65 or 66. And so I'm going after it. I feel great. And I, but it was... a, a Oh, an awakening moment. Sometimes the awakening moment is physically, sometimes it's spiritually. Maybe for you, a loved one passed away. Maybe for the first time, you lost a close friend or a family member, and it was a, an awakening moment. You knew that life was fragile, but this, this hits home. And it caused you to start asking questions about more important things like eternity and purpose and you know, destiny for our lives. Maybe for some of us, it's related to substances. You know, something that at one time you chose to do is now something that you have to do. Feels like you're, you're stuck in this addiction. You know, the first step is to awaken to where you are, but sadly, many people don't make it to the next step. You know, we awaken to this is where I am. This is what's happening. But, but, but we, we begin to make excuses. We go, you know what, I, I know I'm here, but if it weren't for that famine, you know, everything would have worked out. If it weren't for those people walking out on me, it, everything would have worked out. It's not enough to awaken to where we are. 
we have to go to the H in the aha moment, and that's just honesty. We have to be brutally honest, not only with where we are, but with how we got there. And, and we have to move past this blaming or being in denial of our circumstances to go, you know what? I'm just gonna be honest with where I am. There's distance right now in my relationship with God. And yeah, maybe some stuff has happened to you. We all have stories, right? And I don't wanna minimize your story, but until we get honest with God, until we stop blaming other people, just get honest about how, what we've done to get us here, we'll never get back home. We'll never get there. And, and here's what happened in the story of the prodigal son. He has this come to his senses moment, but then he begins to get brutally honest with himself. You know, he could have blamed the famine. He could have blamed those friends. He could have blamed the father. I would have been tempted. What responsible dad does this? I didn't know what I know now. And if he hadn't given me the money, I wouldn't be where I am. Because being honest is difficult to do. But he has this conversation with himself. And he begins, just begins to tell himself the truth about his current reality. He has the conversation as, as in, this is what I'm going to say to my father, but he never got the chance to give the whole thing to the speech to his dad. What he really needed was to hear the speech himself. And look what he says in verse 18 and 19. He says, I'm going to set out and go back to my father. And here's what I'm going to say to him. Father, I have sinned. I have sinned. Again, think about that phrase. He came to his senses. That was the awakening. But, but he said, I have sinned. He didn't blame other people. He said, you know what? I'm taking ownership of this. He was honest about how he got there. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. D Dad, I'm not coming home with all the rights. I'm not coming home demanding. I'm just coming home and saying, dude, I've blown it. I have so blown it. And I know I don't deserve a place here, but if I could just come and work on the family farm, if I could just come and be a part of the, of the deal and, and maybe I'll get a, some meals out of it and maybe I can begin to rebuild. But he says, you know what? I'm just gonna be honest. Three words, I have sinned. Those three words can bring freedom, healing, hope, because they're honest words. They're also incredibly difficult to say. You know, it's real hard to come to your family and say, you know what? I've been a real jerk lately. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've sinned. It's real difficult to come to your boss and say, hey, you know, some of the issues that we've been having, I've been, I've been talking behind people's back. I've been a gossip and, and I've been spreading stuff and I think I'm creating the culture that I, I so desperately hate right now. I've sinned. You know, um, family, if I'm being real honest, I think I've, I've cared a lot more about Netflix and, 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 and sports than I have been paying attention to, to what's going on in your life, in your heart. Daddy's been a little bit absent. I've been physically here, but emotionally I've been absent. I've sinned. Those are hard things to say, but it's an important step if we're going to get there. It's time for us to get honest about where we are, about what's going on in our lives. Not only about how we got there or, or where we are, but how we got there. You know, yes, the economy crashed, right? That person may have hurt you, but if all we ever do is blame other people for where we are right now, we're never gonna fully get back home. And so what area of your life do you just need to be honest about? 
Maybe you've had an awakening. There's just a reality that maybe you've never even spoken it to somebody else, but you know that, man, you used to have a drink every now and then, and now it's like you're having several every day. And, you, you know, is it time to, get, to awaken to that? Just get honest with where you are. Maybe you've been absent at home. Is it time to just get honest? My prayer is that we would awaken. We'd come to our senses, but we would also just be honest and say, you know what? I have sinned. That's ultimately when the gospel becomes potent in our lives, powerful in our lives. God can't forgive or heal excuses, but he can forgive our sin if we'll be honest about it, if we'll repent of our sin. And the third key to getting back home, we're gonna have an awakening moment. We're gonna be honest with ourselves, but we're also going to take action. We gotta do something about it. So often we realize this is where I am. This is what happened to me. I know I need to, I need to be honest and I'm willing to be there, but, but so often we stop there. But the prodigal son didn't. Look what happened in verse 20. It says, so he got up. I want you to think about that phrase. Came to his senses. He said, I have sinned. But then he got up and went towards his father. And I love what happens next. I don't know how many steps he made it towards his father. The Bible says in that verse, it's the same verse even. It's not even the next chapter or the next verse or the next deal, but as soon as he came to his senses and got honest with his sin and took a step towards his father, it says that his father, while he was a long way away, while he was still in a distant land, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And then he did something that no respecting, self-respecting Jewish man would ever do. He starts running. And the, the, these, these people are listening to the story. They get a picture of this noble and honorable Jewish father doing something that, that is not noble and not honorable. And he is running towards his father. Jewish men didn't run. But this father, he ran. As soon as that son had that turn, as soon as he said, you know what, I'm, I'm going home. Before he got a couple steps in, that father started running after him because he had been waiting. He had been hoping. He had been praying. He had been waiting for the day that his son would start coming home. Think about that for a minute. He took action. The son took action. If I'm the son, I go, okay, I came to my senses. I know how I got here, but man, I left the house with all kinds of resources and now I've got nothing. It would make sense to at least stay and get a job and maybe start bringing in a little bit so I can come back and at least contribute a little bit to get me back in good standing with my father. Or maybe at least I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna clean myself up. I smell like pigs. This, this is not, but it says he immediately got up and went home. He took action. I believe what the father wants from us today is not just to awaken to our sin and our circumstances, not just to be honest with, with how we got there. I believe he wants us to take action, and I believe that if we will, that today is gonna be a day that the Father brings you home. Maybe for the first time in a long time, maybe for the first time, maybe it's just that there's an area, a compartment in your life that you've kind of kept him out of, and he's like, man, I want, I, I want to bring healing to that area. I want to bring hope. I want this to be a house of miracles for you. I love 2 Corinthians 6 too. It says, for God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. That day is 
today. Today is a day of salvation. And man, I don't know what part of your life, what area of your life, you just need healing, you need salvation, but I believe today is that day for all of us. We've all been in a distant land for some reason or another, right? We've been away from gathered church, we've been away, and, and we've all coped in our different ways. But if we'll awaken to that, if we'll be honest about how we got there, and we'll take action, we can see God move in our lives today. I'm, my prayer, I've been praying for this for you for a couple of weeks, is the last verse that's on the outline sheet that you don't have, because we don't pass them out anymore. Welcome to the new reality of COVID. Hebrews 3 and verse 15. It says, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Be responsive to what God's doing in you today. I believe God's invitation for every single one of us, wherever we are and however we got there, is son, daughter, I want you to come home. I want you to come home. Would you guys pray with me as we close? Father, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that you were so intentional in telling that story. That you tell a story that, yes, is about a son who made some bad choices, and yes, there's an older brother in there that we didn't get to that judged. But the main character in that story is a father who was so irresponsible, so lavish in his love for his son, Lord, that he ran to him, and he brought him back home without his son doing one thing other than turning his heart towards you. And God, my prayer is that we would know and experience that love today, that we would get lost in that love today. Some of us have been lost in, in this world. Maybe we've been lost in just the drama of what's happening in our country right now, God. And I pray that today we would turn, we would awaken, we'd be honest, and we'd take action, and that you would welcome us home. As we pray, and you continue to bow your heads and close your eyes at all of our campuses today, I just feel like there are some of us that I don't know your story, I don't know what distant land you're in, but you feel like you're a long way from home right now. And you would say, man, I wanna come home. I wanna come home. If that's you, I just wanna ask you to, to slip your hand in the air. Uh, just let me know. I wanna pray for you as we're doing it. Anybody that would say, yes, I just wanna come home. Okay, awesome, awesome, I see that, awesome. Dozens of hands going up at the campuses as well. Just whatever's going on, God knows exactly what you're going through right now. I wanna come home. Just raise your hand, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. God, we thank you that that same father's heart that ran after that son while he was a long ways away is running after us right now. Your word says that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that we can be saved, that we can come home. And so God, we awaken to our, our sin. We're honest, God. We say we have sinned. We have fallen so short of your standard. But God, we're taking action and we're turning our hearts towards you. Would you welcome us home? Would you welcome us home? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just give God a hand for, for what he's doing in our lives right now. Man, it is so good to be back. It's been a long time since I've been able to preach to people, and it's just so exciting to, to be with you. Thank you guys for being here. Even through the mass, I see in your eyes that you're, you're here. But man, let's respond to God. Let's respond to God. And here's what I want us to do. Uh, we're not gonna open up all of our response stations this weekend. We'll kind of open them up gradually, but two, two main areas, three really, 
that we're going to respond with. And, and, and one of them, I mentioned it already. We're doing baptism this weekend at all of our campuses. And we're doing it two different ways. We're doing it right now during response time. In fact, you know, that, that passage talks about, I, I didn't get to finish the scripture, but when he came home, not only did the father welcome him home, he already had a party waiting for him. He said to his servants, hey, grab the fatted calf and get the ring and get the robe. We are honoring this son of ours. And I don't have a fatted calf for you, but we got, we got t-shirts, we got a baptismal pool, we, got, I, we may even have hair dryers, but we, we got everything that you need. We got towels. We wanna be available for you. We wanna throw a party for you. If you're just saying, man, today I'm coming home. And again, maybe you're coming home for the first time. Maybe you're coming home and it's been a while. My daughter asked me today, dad, how many times have you been baptized? I said, I've been baptized twice. Why'd you get baptized a second time? I didn't go into all the details of my testimony, but it was like, you know what? I needed a fresh start. I, I needed a moment again. I didn't have to get baptized again, but it was like, man, I just need a fresh start with God. And so I jumped in and I got baptized again. And so if that's you, we got an a, a awesome t-shirt we're gonna give you. We're gonna have our pastors in the pool and we're gonna baptize you. You can do it right now. We're also gonna do it tomorrow uh, afternoon at Olive Palms County Park. And so two options for you, but man, I just pray that there'd be some of us that would go, you know what, I'm gonna go and get baptized. If that's you, you can go ahead and make your way out. We've got a table out there and we'd love to, to help get you everything you need for baptism. We also have prayer teams that are here today. And man, if there is anything going on in your life that you're just like, man, I need, I need some help. I need God's help in my life. Our prayer teams, they've been temp checked. They've got masks on. They're gonna do it safely, but they would love to pray for you. And maybe you don't feel comfortable with that. Maybe you got a health thing going on and, and you don't feel comfortable with that. Just text the word prayer to 320-320. And we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you and be a part of our church family. Man, it's been a while. The, the Bible says that, that if, you'll, if any one of you is sick, come to the elders of the church, allow them to anoint you with oil and pray over you and you will be healed. And I believe that is a promise from God. And we have seen it happen over and over and over again. This is a, a house of miracles. And, and, and the rest of us, man, we are gonna sing and we are gonna celebrate and we are gonna worship an awesome God. We're gonna sing a song that Brandon wrote recently, an incredible album. I encourage you to get it if you haven't, uh, called House of Miracles. But the song is called Lost in Your Love. And as soon as I listened to that album, it's the last song on it, I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna do that song. Because some of us, we've been lost in trying to figure things out with what the world has to offer. Some of us have been lost in judging others, kind of in that, that righteous older brother. We've been lost in judgment. But all of us in this moment are just gonna be lost in his love. We're gonna go all in with him. And so what's God saying to you today? And let's respond to him as a church.